Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as all the people online and on television. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. I'd say it's good to see you this morning, but I can't see anybody this morning. What's with the lights? All you people over in Appleton and Stevens Point, we're in a blackout here. Push a button. There we go. Give me a hand. I knew you were there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we're glad you're here with us again. Welcome to Stevens Point Appleton this morning. Uh, being part of our Palm Sunday service. It is officially spring. Hence, I am very yellow today. Very springy. You wouldn't know it in Wisconsin, but it is spring. We don't have much of a spring. Our version of spring is not as much lousy weather as winter. I try to tell people, in Wisconsin, we have four seasons. We have summer, we have fall, we have winter, and we have mud. And that's, that's our, our four seasons. Uh, we have a special guest with us this morning. I want to, Daniel and Nora, is that right? Yes, I got it right. Come up here and bring the baby. I just want to see the baby. I don't care about you people. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah. How are you? What are you doing? See, someday you'll grow big like these people. I know. Enjoy it. All right. Uh, these guys are from Bulgaria. So if they can come to church, what excuse have you got? Anyway, these guys are, they uh, live in the country of Bulgaria, and they uh, became acquainted with uh, our ministry online. As we told you, one of our outreaches here at Celebration Church and, and that you've helped support is the ability to broadcast these services all over the world via the internet and stuff like that. So they've been listening to us for quite some time and, and enjoying it and, and learning from it. And uh, he's a pastor as well and has taken some of our information and shared it with other people. Actually, they've done their, even their own version of uh, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage over there. They said like 10 people got saved. It was pretty wild when they did it. So anyway, so anyway, be very nice to our Bulgarian friends. Amen. Bless you guys. Careful on the way down. Yes, we got introduced them about six months ago. We learned about them. I heard they were in the States, and we invited them to come spend the weekend with Deb and I which may leave them very disillusioned before they leave. But anyway, <laughs> they came thinking we were great. We'll see how it works by the end of the day. Uh, today is Palm Sunday, and this is the uh, 
Sunday before Easter. And on Palm Sunday, we celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, the reason we call it Palm Sunday, we hand out palm branches, is because, uh, as we'll read in a minute, they were taking branches and stuff and laying it out before Jesus as he came into the city of Jerusalem. So we pick it up in Matthew, the 21st chapter, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Notice he doesn't ask for permission. He says, if anyone says anything to you, just say the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. So this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, and he quotes a prophecy hundreds of years earlier about the Messiah. Say, when the Messiah comes, he will come on a donkey. So this is a fulfillment of that prophecy. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them and Jesus, for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches, hence the palm Sunday, from the trees and uh, spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. Here's some of the things they were shouting. Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred because they're hearing all the track and said, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. We're now... Jesus has been ministering for three years, changing the world around him, doing things that stuns the multitudes. And now he comes riding into Jerusalem on this, uh, for this final week, on this, uh, what we call Holy Week this week. Uh, it culminates by our Good Friday service this coming Friday, don't wanna miss that. And then our uh, Easter morning service next Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection. I want you to stop and think about how this starts out. They start out cheering Jesus. I mean, it's a major celebration. Again, called the triumphant entry. And by the end of the week, multitudes of people are screaming, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. One thing certain, people are fickle. <laughs> don't, don't, don't trust the crowd so much. So anyway, uh, lots of sermons this time of year about that triumph entry and, of course, uh, uh, Easter Sunday and stuff like that. Uh, not a lot about what happens during that week. And I thought this morning we would kind of just go through and reflect on some of the events of that week. And as I was doing this, I was a little stunned in the context of our present situation here in the United States of America. This is, of course, a political season and the country has gone mad. And people are all over the place going crazy, getting all psycho and upset about things. Uh, my encouragement to all of you is just relax. Check your medication, all right? I know we all have our opinions. I want things to be very clear. At Celebration Church, we don't care how you vote. You might vote straight communist ticket. Welcome to church, comrade, all right? I don't care. Uh, now, we all have our opinions, and it's fine. You can have your opinions. Just don't go at each other's throats about it. Uh, you say, well, we don't agree. Well, that's the beauty of our church. 
The real beauty of the kingdom of God is not that you get a bunch of people who all look, think, and sound the same. The beauty of the kingdom of God is you can get people totally diverse, different colors, different mentalities, left, right, up, down, in between, and we all love and pray for each other. That's what brings glory to the kingdom of God. Your people, yes. There are people who live in Green Bay, those who live in Stevens Point and Appleton. We can all love each other, even though from different cities. Some of you, you're sitting next to someone who votes totally different than you. It's fine. You can still love and pray for each other. Some of you uh, have just a completely squeaky clean background. I mean, you have never been in trouble for anything. You never even had a book late at the library. Seriously, there's people like that here. The thing is, you're sitting next to someone, if you knew their background, you would move a few chairs over because, <laughs> you know, not everybody here in these churches are so squeaky clean. We don't care. I know one of the standard things in Christianity, it is what it is, but thank God we're starting to overcome it, is you have black churches, you have brown churches, you have white churches, you have rich churches, you have poor churches, you have this kind of church, that kind of church. You know, I get why this happens, but at some level, it just is disturbing to me. Really, we all have to look, sound, feel, think the same, all make the same kind of money. Really, that's not bringing glory to God. Again, the greatest glory is when you can bring people together who don't agree about a great many things, but we do great agree on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And at the end of the day, this is about the kingdom of God. We all have opinions about the kingdoms on this earth, and that is fine. We all have these opinions. I have my opinions. If you'd like to know, ask me. I am not shy. I will tell you exactly what I think. But it's just temporary. Don't get all caught up in the craziness. And everybody's always got everybody in a ladder. <laughs> if something's such a, it's going to be the end of the world, you know. And they've been telling this for, you know, the older you get, the more you realize people are full of it. Right? You young people, you don't realize it yet. But oh my goodness, I mean, they told us if Ronald Reagan is president, it'll be the end of the world. Then they told us if Bush is president, it'll be the end of the world. Oh, if Clinton becomes president, it'll be the end of the world. With Obama, oh, it's going to be the end of the world. It hasn't been the end of the world. I was saying, if Hillary, well, that's different. But uh, if I'm, <laughs> all right, all right. All right, oh, that was mean. All right, so, but even if she becomes president, it will not be the end of the world. You know it'll be the end of the world? When it is the end of the world. That's not because we voted some cycle here. All right? So just relax. Don't let everybody get you in a ladder <laughs> all crazy and stuff. Now, one of the big things today, of course, this time around, is what they call the harshness and coarseness of the political dialogue, which I find highly entertaining. I'm loving every second of it. Why? Because I hate all this political correctness. When did we become such a bunch of babies? It used to be Americans were the tough guys on the block. We were one around the world, straightening out the other psychos. But now if somebody calls us a poopy head, oh, he called me a poopy head, ah! Really? What, are we in kindergarten? Now those of you in kindergarten know poopy head can be rather upsetting. When you're an adult, it shouldn't matter. Goodness sakes, these people are crazy. 
yelling and screaming. And, and I find these people today, they're in a lather and they're frozen, they're knocking things over and attacking police and shutting down meetings. And why, why are you so full of hate? Because that guy's a hater. Let me get this straight. You hate a hater. Yes, I'm so full of hate. Doesn't that make you crazy? Doesn't make any sense? They're full of hate because they think someone's instigating hate. I hate people who hate. <laughs> that would make me a moron, all right? Good grief, check your medication. People are running around and throwing, and here's the thing, these people like to throw these titles and these big exaggerated titles, Nazi, fascist, so, and they're all running all over the place. Good grief, stop. Our guys are racist. Racist. I saw an interview yesterday. He said all kinds of terrible things about black people. And the interviewer went, what did he say about black people? And the guy goes, he didn't have an answer. He's such a moron. He didn't say it about black people. He said that about Mexico. Okay, but Mexico is not a race. It's not. It's not a race. It's a country. Race. Even, look, if he was really racist against all Latinos, which, by the way, Latino is not a race. It's not. I am a Latino. It is not a race. In fact, every time you fill out a form, like your, your birth certificate or, or, or no, your driver's license. <laughs> you have no choice on your birth certificate. Your driver's license. Well, actually, when your parents forgot to fill it, I suppose they have it there, you know. They ask you this question. You've got to buy something. They'll ask you, are you Latino? And it's a yes or no question. Then they ask you your race. It's completely separate because Latino is not a race. I don't know why. Why do they ask if you're a Latino? I guess they want to keep tabs on us. I don't know. <laughs> what kind of stupid question is that? Are you all here? Yes or no? And then they ask you your race. Are you white? Because there's white Latinos, there's black Latinos, there's brown, there are Indian Latinos, they're all over the place. I'm going to mix it a whole bunch. Oh, by the way, I never did tell you my results of my test. I tried, I took this DNA test and says I was, I was part black. Well, I want to know how much. So I took another test, which I think is kind of their point. And uh, sucked me right into it. So I finally got there with 15%. I'm only 15%. I was bummed. <laughs> oh, it's 51% or something. You know, so I could hang with the other brothers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> only 15%, you know. I was using that for excuse for my shoes and shirt and stuff, but now I got nothing. <laughs> oh, these people yelling and screaming, acting crazy, and I hate the haters who hate that. I hate it. Oh, good grief. Just relax. Well, that one rally, somebody punched that guy in the face. Okay, he shouldn't have punched a guy in the face. But seriously, I don't know. If you come out of a bar or a restaurant, and I come up to you and start yelling and screaming at you and insulting your wife, there's a good chance I'll get punched in the face. Now, who goes to jail? The guy who punched me. But come on, there's context here. You show up at a meeting with, I don't know, 20,000 people, and you're in their face going, Bleh! you just might get punched in the face. I'm just, he shouldn't have, but a little context here. By the way, they're treating this guy like some kind of a martyr. 
What a moron. I'd be embarrassed to death. If I'm 20 years old and some 80-year-old guy pops me on the ground, I don't want nobody seeing that video, man. I'm telling you. Well, pastor, you, you got to be careful about how you say things and the way you act. And because, uh, really? Now, this wasn't the point of the sermon. <laughs> I don't know that the sermon had a point. Honestly, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> it was really more of a reflective sermon. There was no clear point to what I was going to share this morning. Apparently, now there is. Uh, but... As I'm studying, and I'm looking, I just wanted to look at this last week of Jesus, the part nobody talks about. What happens when he's in this last week? As we look at this, I couldn't help but be stunned at how inflammatory what Jesus says and does is. Oh, man, would people freak out today? Let's take a look. Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Everybody cheering and screaming and having a great, woo First thing he does, let's read. Verse 12. Pop it up there, I think I'm making it up. There we go, okay. Jesus entered the temple courts, drove out all who were buying and selling there, overturned the tables of money, changers and benches of those selling doves, and he yells at them, it's written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. Now, can you imagine Fox News covering this? <laughs> Jesus is instituting violence, he's instigating it. John said he had a whip. You know what you do with a whip. You whip people. And by the way, you make a whip and go into church to hit people, that's called premeditation. I mean, he goes and he knocks everything. Oh, well, well, that's not very Christian. Except that was Christ. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would think Jesus wasn't very Christian. Which makes you, of course, insane. But they don't understand Jesus. They think Christianity, everybody's just limp-wristed, quiet, make sure you never make anybody upset about anything, is not Christianity. And it certainly wasn't Jesus. First Jesus thing comes, comes into town, and he trashes the joint. He's knocking stuff over, chasing people out. What are you doing in here? Whoa. Then, he's sitting there, and he's teaching, and the guy says, you know what? We're going to trap him. We're going to ask them if it's okay to pay, pay taxes to Rome. Now, they hated the Romans. You have no idea. These were the occupiers of the day. This, this is, they weren't voted into power. These people came in with brute force and took over everything. And they extracted money from these people in taxes. They would abuse them. They had the legal right. A Roman could walk up to you and slap you in the face. There wasn't anything you could do about it. A soldier who's carrying his pack on a march, if he sees you, hey, come here, carry my pack. You had to, by law, carry it for at least a mile. They hated these guys. That's where Jesus said, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other one. If someone tells you to carry something a mile, go with them two miles, see? We forget the context. We just think he's just talking like, oh, what a nice thing to do. These were these terrible people. What do we do, Jesus, about these terrible Romans? Oh, just be nice. Be nice. Well, wow, but, but now when it comes to money, oh, people who are crazy with money, right? Oh, my precious, my precious. They, oh, they get really mad. So they ask Jesus, hey, what happens about money? Do we have to give these people money? We got Jesus now. It says in verse 18, but Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? 
show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image is this? Whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then Jesus gave this incredible answer people still talking about today. He said, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Oh, they were so frustrated. They just couldn't catch this guy. He should condemn, he should be condemning the behavior of the Romans. How come he's not condemning the, really? Again, don't get all caught up in this people demanding that you should react in a certain way. And by the way, as crazy as a hater who hates a hater, the dumbest person is who agrees with the second person. If you agree that the first guy's a hater because some bigger hater said he's a hater, you're an idiot. All right? Don't get caught up into this nonsense. Check your medication, okay? It will be fine. Goodness gracious. Then Jesus, the next morning, checks this out. Verse 18, early in the morning, Jesus was on his way back to the city because he'd go outside the city at night. He's on his way back. He's hungry. Starbucks is closed, and he decides, you know, let's stop by a fig tree. And he sees a fig tree by the road. He goes up to it, and he found nothing on it except leaves. I would say, you know, well, let's just go to another tree. Right? You go to a tree, there's nothing on the tree. Well, let's try another tree. Stay calm. Jesus curses the tree. May you never bear fruit again. And the Bible says the tree just withers. I can imagine the disciples going, oh, man, is he in a bad mood? Oh, man. Ask him where we're going next. I ain't asking him nothing, man. You see what he did to the tree? I ain't saying nothing. Whoa, what was that? That wasn't very Christian. Except it's Christ. Then he goes off on the establishment of the day. And he's not very politically correct. He's not careful. And by the way, who are these pinheads who tells us what is or what is not acceptable to say? Nobody voted these. Did you vote these idiots in? I didn't vote them in. Bunch of arrogant snots. They play this game and whatever they think is right is what they try to impose on everybody else. But have you noticed it's always the same five cycles on every channel They have this advice about everything? I don't have that gig. Millions of dollars a year to tell you what I think. And now so-and-so is going to join us. Blah, 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 blah. Who made these people king of the universe? Look at how Jesus talked to the leaders, the establishment, the religious leaders of his day. He says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisee, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Whoa. Megyn Kelly would have a problem with this. Jake Tapper on CNN would be very upset. You can't talk this way. Next, he says, you blind fools, because they're arguing about the temple and the gold on the temple. He says, you idiots. He says, which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? Then he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And the same way on the outside, you appear to be, oh, you look great on the outside, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And then the coup d'etat. He says, you bunch of snakes, you brood of vipers. This is not nice talk. It's not nice. And so you're looking at me like you're just dropped in from Mars. You know, but it's, 
It's not nice. What he's saying is not nice. They killed him for a reason. It didn't take long. A few days later, they're crucifying him. They were so angry, so angry at this person. Saying these, how can he say these things to me? Because he was challenging the established pattern of the day. They're a bunch of hypocrites and phonies. You bunch of snakes, how will you escape being condemned to hell? It's not nice. A lot of people say, well, that's not very Christian. <laughs> Except that it's Christ doing it. Then, oh, then he really goes over the line. Chapter 24, verse 1, Jesus left the temple, was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings. Look at that, man. Look at, the, look at this place. Look at that over there. Wow, it's amazing. The Jews took great pride. This was the center of their political and religious power and influence. Jesus said, you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone would be thrown down. Now, this they literally took and used as an accusation against him after they arrested him. Because they said, he threatened to knock down the temple. Well, that's not what he threatened. He said it was all going to be knocked down. Which again, don't just react to what you hear somebody, that somebody else said. Go listen to what that somebody else said. You will often find it's nothing like what they're saying. Don't just have knee-jerk reaction. First of all, don't get so upset about things. Something somebody said, something. oh my goodness, do you think the world's coming to an end today because somebody used a word you shouldn't use? Again, when did we become such babies? Come on, we're supposed to be men and women. Stop freaking about everything. Well, they went off on Jesus when he said this. You're talking about destroying the temple. You're talking about inciting violence. You're talking about tearing down. It's like someone going and saying, well, the White House is going to be torn to the ground. Can you imagine the explosive reaction in this country if someone saying a comment like that? It's what Jesus said. And they used it against him, saying, you threatened to tear down the temple. That's not what he threatened. He was prophesying. Because it wasn't too many years later, the Romans came in, and they did destroy everything. There was nothing left. To this day, the only thing that's left of this incredible edifice is one wall, a small portion of a wall. To this day, you will see Jewish people going. They call it the Wailing Wall. They go to the wailing wall and they pray and they pray and they rock and they pray and there's, they're praying that that wall is all they have left of that incredible facility. Jesus was exactly right. It would all be torn down and it was not, not many years later. And of course, finally, Judas betrays him. People often ask, well, what was Judas' mentality? What was his motivation? They said, it was the money. Maybe, but the truth is he handled the money in the first place and he was ripping off the, the money that was coming into Jesus' ministry. He had lots of money he could skim off of. We don't know. Is it possible by this point, Judas said, this is crazy. What is he doing? What is he saying? We came in, everybody's shouting, behold, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna, we have this great triumph and he should become king. And now he's sticking it in everybody's eyeball and he's doing all these things and he's saying all these exaggerated things and Judas meets with the leaders and betrays Jesus. The leaders gather to have him arrested, falsely accused, and crucified. But before the forces of darkness gather to inflict their evil plan, Jesus sits down with his disciples 
for his last supper, which is where we will pick it up on Friday, on our Good Friday service. You really ought to come. It is one of the most wonderful services of the year. It's not, it's a fairly short service. There's no preaching. What it is, is uh, we go through and we retell the story of what happens on that day, along with music and stuff. And it's really, really a powerful time of just reflecting on what Jesus did. Uh, This, these events in this last week is really rather stunning. He comes in, he's rather confrontational. He's rather in people's faces. He is quite frankly, at times, blatantly insulting. But it wasn't the end of the world. And there was context about what was going on, why he said it, and who he said. You can see why as I was going through this, you couldn't help but take a connection to what's happening in our country today. This week, as we get ready for Easter, let us focus on these final days that Jesus had and, 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 and uh, celebrate on Sunday this glorious resurrection that occurs, which changes everything. But again, the side comment here is on our current discourse that's going on in this country. Everybody relax. Try to relax. I get it, everybody has their opinion. You all think it's, gonna be the end. it's not going to be the end of the world. God is bigger than anything that is happening. And I have a pretty good idea. God knows who's going to win. And I don't think he's up there freaking out about it. I don't think on election night he's going to be going, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> he knows what God has everything in control. The good news is we do live in a part of the world that they don't kill us for our faith. There's parts of the world where they do. Uh, it might get worse, but if it gets worse, listen, I got news for you. This is all coming to an end at some point. Read the book of Revelation. It's not pretty. It's, it's going to get nasty. Now, I hope it all happens after I die because I don't want to be around for it, okay? But at some point, it all has to stop and God knows what he's doing. Pray for our nation. Pray Ask God to intervene and guide and lead and have his will be done. But at the end of the day, we always have to remember, we are just passing through this place. We are the ultimate illegal aliens. We are. That's why the world hates us. They hate us? Boy, people don't hate you for your faith. You ain't telling anybody what you think. Share your faith. Boy, people raw and they don't like and they pull away from you and they separate. Again, at least they don't kill us here but they don't like it. We are just passing through. Our total focus, our total energy. We have to deal with this world, I get it. And we need to do the best we can. You need to be the most responsible citizen you can and use your brain. Don't let other people think for you. But at the end of the day, this world is not our home. We are merely passing through. There's a greater kingdom coming and there won't be any voting there. It's just going to be run by God, (laughs) and it's going to be great, and it's going to be fabulous. And love the people around you, okay? If you can't love the guy next to you, how are you going to handle it when you're in heaven? You're stuck with each other for eternity. You know? Be kind, be patient, and always remember, there's a greater kingdom that we serve, a greater king that we answer to. This is the most important thing we should be focusing on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. We pray that you will continue to guide and lead us into that truth. Lord, we pray for our country. 
Lord, there's a lot of tension, a lot of people going crazy and psycho and yelling all at each other. Help us in the midst of it all to remember that we belong to a different country. We are citizens of another nation, a, an eternal kingdom. While we have to be responsible here, help us to be wise, connected, but help us not to get all trouble. You told us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Lord, you watch TV, it wants to trouble our heart. We pick up the, the paper, it'll try and trouble our heart. Help us to remember not to let our hearts be troubled. If we're letting our hearts be troubled, we're getting out of whack. Help us to always remember that we stand firm in you and your kingdom, and our hope is forever with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next Easter Sunday. <laughs>